On Long Island, they are contractors with a conscience and compassion. We have started out being, uh, you know, contractors for about 15 years, uh, seeing the needs of the community, uh, of what these people really needed, and they weren't getting the help. So we said, you know what, let's put our efforts to better use as being contractors. Let's take this to the next step uh, and go a little bit further and help them with the renovations they need to their homes. Husband and wife Vincent and Gina Centaro in Franklin Square have cut back on their own contracting business to devote themselves to kindness and charity. Their nonprofit is called Rescuing Families. They renovate homes for people with disabilities. It's a massive juggling act because we also have uh, disabled family members that we take care of. So it's definitely a juggling act. We're managing our business, we're managing our home, we're managing my sister's home who's disabled, we're managing, uh, you know, the charity. It's, it's a juggling act, but we've been doing it for almost three years now. So it's, we're starting to get more of the hang of it, I guess. We're tired, very tired. <laughs> this mission of mercy is deeply personal. Gina cares for her sister. She's deaf, um, developmentally disabled, and autistic. And she's part of the reason we also started this. My dad was a disabled Korean War veteran that we just lost him in April. And Vinny's dad was a disabled Vietnam veteran who we lost about four years ago. And my mom was also very ill. So we kind of, we're helping families just like ours. We know what they've been through. We know what they're going through. And we figured we, we don't... Have, we're not rich people, but we have the ability to be able to help. The demands of caring for a loved one who is disabled can be overwhelming. It's hard um, financially, I have to say that, and that's why we understand what the families are going through. You're putting all your money and time into taking care of your sick, you know, or your disabled loved one. You know, and there's not much else to go where maybe it needs to go, whether it's repairing your roof or... We saw that with my family, so... That's another reason where we're able to kind of step in their shoes and understand what they're going through. And we don't just renovate their home, truthfully. We get them hooked up to be able to stay in their home. We have links with social services, um, different departments for the disabled, the, the veterans. So we're able to get them linked with services they might need. If they need certain alterations to the home, Vincent can tailor the design for each person. So we make the doorways larger. Uh, the next thing we do is give them handicapped bathrooms where they can roll right into, where there's no obstacles for them. Uh, they have enough challenges throughout their life. They don't need a challenge to try to just take a shower. Uh, that's one of our biggest things. Uh, we do the kitchen remodels for them, making everything a wheelchair accessible, wheelchair height. Some disabilities require a special touch and extra care. Like with autism, we take into consideration colors, um, what we're putting in the room, um, like some autistic people peel paint. You know, everyone has a different level of disability, so we also take that into consideration. Lighting, paint colors, um, paneling maybe instead of paint or things like that. So it's it goes beyond just wheelchair accessibility. We have some people like my sister, some people with CP, so we, we give them new flooring to make sure that it's either softer or it's, it's not... Um, it, it's, it doesn't require as much maintenance. You look down the road, you know, because the disabled person is always going to be disabled, but the caregiver is the one that has to take care of everything. So we try to make it easier for the entire family. Gina employs her decorator's eye, too. You want to make a beautiful space. You don't want it to look like a hospital or an institution. So that's kind of what we do, too. We look for products that are that you would see in anybody's home, not just a railing or this or that. And then we do a lot of custom stuff. A lot of the bathrooms we do... Uh, anybody that sees them said it looks like a hotel or a spa bathroom because 
we feel like just because they can't afford it or it's, it has to be accessible, it doesn't have to be um, clinical or just cold looking. You know, we, it's their home. We want it to be a better version of their home. The first family rescue was a learning experience and it was life altering. Our first renovation that we did, I want to say what we paid for 85% of it ourselves. They did not have heat for 15 years. They could not use the bathroom. The bathroom was not usable. Their kitchen was not usable. It was truly an eye-opener for us, and it really it really showed us the need that was in the community that wasn't being met. Uh, and we, you know what? We couldn't walk away from them. We went there for an evaluation. We didn't know what we were getting ourselves into at that point. It was our first rescue, uh, and we saw the conditions, how bad they were, and uh, we weren't going to leave them like that any longer. So uh, we did what we had to do. As word spread, generosity poured in. We started to get different building supply companies on board with us for the next renovation. We got a lot of the supplies for free. But they require funding too. The only hurdle that we're experiencing right now is we have to relocate the family when we're doing the work. They can't live in the house. So we personally, when we raise the money, whatever we raise uh, through fundraising and things like that, and then we out of our own pocket have to pay for hotel stays, uh, you know, any Airbnb type of stuff. So we're paying for that. That's where most of it. And then there's some labor that isn't, won't work for free, like electricians, plumbers. We have to pay for that. So that's where the fundraising comes in. To fund their rescue rehabs, the Centauros host the mother of all yard sales. Their own yard is a tent city chock full of secondhand furniture, clothing, and housewares. They go on from April to November. They take up our entire yard. It's approximately 1,800 square feet of yard sale. And we get donations from all over Long Island. People come and they donate their stuff. They drop it on our front porch. Um, or while the sale is going on, people are constantly dropping off. We have approximately, what, eight or nine uh, 10 by 20 carport tents. We were very fortunate to have a decent-sized piece of property on a corner. Um, and we're very lucky that we have neighbors that are wonderful that actually come here and shop, donate. So it's, it's, it's really become a community effort. It's really nice. We have roughly about uh, 10 volunteers that are pretty steady that help us out with the yard sales. Uh, we're always looking for more volunteers. Uh, that's one of, that's one of uh, the biggest obstacles is trying to get people more involved in the community, which we're, we're working pretty hard, and I think it's going pretty well. But we always need more volunteers because we're averaging around six to eight projects per year. So we need a good force to help complete these projects. It's a massive undertaking, and it comes at a cost. The Centauros have little time now for their own business. Our business, we've been very fortunate that um, our business grew very quickly just by word of mouth, and we were able to kind of sock away money. We don't require much, truthfully. Um, we're not high-maintenance people. We can live with, you know, just really what do you need in life, you know? Uh, we just feel like we're okay. We're able to go away here and there. We're able to pay our bills. We're able to take care of our family. So um, our plan right now is to just focus on the charity and and see where you know see where it takes us. A lot of people think we're crazy. I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of people are skeptical about what we do. We're a 501c3. We're registered with the uh, state attorney general's office. So we are recognized. Anybody that makes donations gets a receipt and they have, it is a tax write-off. The families need the help. We're okay. The families need the help and that's what's most, most important. And, and if we still got to you know, put some of our funds to get these projects completed for them, then that's what we'll continue to do. The Centauros are committed to one another and their cause. They share a desire to help, an instinct that was instilled at an early age.
just connecting with people and understanding the plight of others. And it's an empathy thing. I mean, you, you can't look at someone and not see someone struggle and, and not want to do something about it. That's just how we were raised. Yeah. My parents, I can speak for myself, my parents, my dad would take us down to the Bowery very young when the Bowery was very dangerous. We would collect coats and we would hand them out personally with food. We were just very active in helping other people. That's just how my parents raised my family. So I learned from a very young age uh, and having my sister, you know, that my mom used to say, there for the grace of God go I. It could be any of us. We're all one accident or one illness or one disability away from potentially being homeless, losing our home, not being able to repair our home. So I always look at it that way. You know, our, my family's been through very hard times and people have helped us. So that's why I do what I do. In Franklin Square, Sean Adams, WCBS News Radio 880.